Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us. James Blend is producing from afar. And Sam Maupin, right here, present, is engineering today's program. Thanks, Sam. Today on the program, we'll take a look at some of the day's headlines. And then in the second half of this first hour, are you, do you have your abacus out because it's hard to keep this all straight in the second half of the first hour we'll focus on the lighter side of the news and the second hour uh, we'll share this week's christian outlook featuring bob bernie and dr albert moeller they're going to examine the respect for life act it was recently passed at least a procedure vote was taken by the senate we'll also hear from tim and kathy keller about forgiveness and craig evans on the handbook on the jewish roots of the gospel all of that and more coming up in the christian outlook in the second hour of today's program well attorney general garland has named a special counselor to investigate former president trump on mar-a-lago documents and january 6th two years after He's been out of office and, what, two years since the January 6th event. The investigation will look at the entirety of the criminal probe into unlawful retention of national defense information at former President uh, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. Attorney General Merrick Garland has named uh, a special counsel to investigate the entirety of the criminal probe into uh, these uh, matters. He appointed former Justice Department official Jack Smith to the role. Smith is a former assistant U.S. attorney, chief of the Department of Justice's Public Integrity Section. He'll oversee the investigation into Trump's retention of classified documents after leaving the White House and whether the former president obstructed the federal government uh, and their investigation into the matter. Smith is also tasked with overseeing the investigation into whether Trump or other officials and entities interfered with a peaceful transfer of power following the 2020 presidential election, including the certification of the Electoral College vote on the 6th of January. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump blasted the Justice Department's appointment of a special counsel to take over investigations related to his uh, records and January 6th, saying that he won't partake in it and calling it the worst politicization of uh, justice in our country, while urging the Republican Party to take action. I have been going through this for six years. Six years I have been going through this. And I am not going to go through it anymore, he told Fox News Digital in an exclusive interview, uh, interview rather, on Friday, shortly after the announcement, announcement. And I hope the Republicans have the courage to fight this, end quote. He went on to say, I've been proven innocent for six years on everything from fake impeachments to former special counsel Robert Mueller, uh, who found no collusion. And now I have to do it more. Trump said it's not acceptable. It is so unfair. It is so Political. Well, of course, he went on from there, but the special counsel has been appointed and that work will begin in a matter of days. Meanwhile, Elon Musk um, has triggered liberals with an email urging employees to do extremely hardcore work. Something they haven't been uh, called upon to do up to that point, presumably. Let the games begin. Top Trump rivals gather at the first major event since the former president's 2024 announcement. Former President Trump tossed his hat into the ring this week, but that uh, likely will not clear the field in the battle for the Republican nomination. This weekend, some of Trump's best known potential GOP rivals will gather in Las Vegas for what's being viewed as the first major Republican cattle call in the burgeoning race for the White House. He will not be present. 
Firearms freeze. Um, gun rights advocates fear here in Oregon all firearm sales will freeze in three weeks when one of the nation's strictest gun control measures takes effect. Measure 114, which voters appear to have um, been uh, have passed by a 1.5 percent margin, very slim, bans ammunition magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds and mandates the creation of a permit to purchase system that includes hands on firearms training. If with uh, new insights, the FTX CEO's court documents highlight the failures, chaotic and questionable nature of the business practices there. They failed. Pro-abortion forces broke the, uh, the bank to convince voters abortion extremism is normal, but they failed. $400 million in pro-abortion spending still didn't stop huge victories for pro-life governors. In Clinton cash, Raphael Warnock's church was granted funding after supporting Hillary Clinton in 26, uh, 2016, it's been revealed. And the cost of comfort, President Biden's regular trips to his home state of Delaware has cost taxpayers at least $11 million since the start of his presidency. Biden has made 57 trips to Delaware, spanning all or part of the 185 days, according to data from former CBS correspondent Mark Noller. The trips require taxpayer dollars to fund costs associated with the use of either Air Force One or Marine One, as well as security costs for the Secret Service. The president spends time in Delaware at his home in Wilmington, I should say Holmes, and um, Rehoboth Beach. Most of the trips involve direct travel between the White House and Delaware. President Biden has made 101 flights between the White House or Joint Base Andrews and Delaware. 71 flights using Marine One, 30 using Air Force One, according to Noller. Documents obtained by the New York Times, or rather the New York Post last year, showed a Secret Service cost of $1.96 million on the president's first 16 trips to Delaware. A per-trip cost for these data applied to the president's now 57 trips leaves an approximately $7 million tab for taxpayers. The $11 million receipt for the president's Delaware trips is probably a significant understatement since it doesn't tally many other miscellaneous costs. Saying you have to know stuff, Raphael Warnock, he rallied against Herschel Walker in his statewide tour kickoff. Yeah, politics hasn't ended there. Charging lock him up, critics wonder why Sam Bankman-Fried hasn't already been forced back to the U.S. for the FTX fiasco. And balancing the scales, Musk's Twitter takeover has resulted in a surge of fact checks on progressive figures. And in a clown alert, an MSNBC anchor is being slammed for complaining the House uh, Democrats never investigated the Trump family. Insert laugh track if we had one. Fix your companies. Senator Markey warns Elon Musk will pay a price if the new Twitter policies aren't fixed. And finally, Tucker Carlson points out that Sam Bankman Freed is considered a moral leader, even as he's uh, ripped off millions of people. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back in a moment to continue the uh, headlines and later in the program, the lighter side of the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. In a nuclear face-off, Iran has been ordered to cooperate as a nuclear energy deal looks unlikely. Speaker Pelosi will not seek leadership in the upcoming Congress. The House Speaker said Thursday that she will not seek a leadership position in the new Congress, making way for a new generation to steer the party after Democrats lost control of the House to Republicans in the midterm elections. President Biden will look to the U.S. Supreme Court to reinstate his student loan cancellation plan. 
According to Politico, the administration will ask the Supreme Court to revive its student loan or its student debt relief program as a, it fights to reverse lower court rulings that have upended its plans to forgive some $20,000 of debt for uh, tens of millions of students each. The Justice Department said in a court filing on Thursday that it planned to ask the Supreme Court to reverse an injunction issued earlier this week by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals that prohibits the administration from carrying out student debt relief. The Massachusetts Public Health Department is being sued for secretly installing health tracking apps on phones. The Massachusetts Department of Public Health is facing a class action lawsuit for allegedly using Google technology to covertly install tracking apps on over one million Android phones as part of the state government's effort to slow the spread of COVID through contracting or contact tracing, rather. In a lawsuit filed Tuesday, the New Civil Liberties Alliance, a nonpartisan civil rights firm, accused the Bay State's Health Department of brazen disregard for civil liberties by installing spyware that deliberately tracks and records movements and personal uh, contacts onto over a million mobile devices without their owner's permission and awareness. The class action suit claims DPH is in violation of both the Massachusetts and the U.S. constitutions. The U.K. government announced a recession and introduced tax hikes and uh, spending guts. The U.K. government on Thursday unveiled a sweeping 55 a billion pounds fiscal plan as it seeks to plug a gaping hole in the public finances and restore Britain's economy and its economic credibility, even as the country teeters on recession. The finance minister, Jeremy Hunt, in his hotly anticipated inaugural autumn statement, outlined around 30 billion pounds in spending cuts and 25 billion pounds in tax hikes. The measures included an extra two-year freeze on income tax thresholds and a lowering of the top rate of income tax to 125, 140 moves directly opposed to the major cuts touted in September's catastrophic mini budget. Russian morale among newly mobilized units has cratered with the Russian government touting that at least 50,000 of the recently drafted are now in Ukraine. A long list of complaints is emerging. Lack of leadership from mid-ranking officers, tactics that lead to heavy casualties, non-existent training, promised payments not received. There are also logistical difficulties, as reported by soldiers, their families and Russian military bloggers, insufficient uniforms, poor food, a lack of medical supplies. North Korea launched another ballistic missile after threatening the U.S. for increasing security in the region. North Korea launched a short-range ballistic missile toward its eastern waters Thursday, hours after the North threatened to launch fiercer military responses to the U.S. bolstering its security commitment to its allies, South Korea and Japan. It was North Korea's first ballistic missile firing in eight days and in the latest in its barrage of tests in recent months. North Korea previously said some of the tests were simulations of nuclear attacks on South Korean and U.S. targets. Many experts say North Korea would eventually want to enhance its nuclear capability to wrest bigger concessions from its rivals. The House GOP wants an audit of Ukraine money. A number of House Republicans have introduced legislation to audit the funding Congress has appropriated for Ukraine's fight against Russia's invasion. There are important reasons to counter Russian aggression, but Ukraine is famously corrupt, they say. Uh, Ask Joe and Hunter Biden. Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia led a handful of other Republicans in pushing for the audit because the American people deserve to know where their hard-earned dollars or their hard-earned tax dollars are going to a foreign country who 
who is not a member of NATO. And President Biden himself said he would not defend. The White House just requested another $37.7 billion for Ukraine. A federal court created a Section 230, a Section 230 conflict in a little noticed ruling earlier this month. The Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, may have altered the course of free speech on the Internet. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act does not immunize all online publication decisions, explains Jason FYK. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. He's the founder of the Social Media Freedom Foundation. The uh, Fourth uh, Circuit Court just determined Section 230 no longer protects a service provider when it acts upon third-party content as a secondary publisher or content provider, especially if those substantive contributions are unlawful. It's the fundamental publisher versus platform argument. The ruling creates a conflict with an earlier ruling from the Ninth Circuit Court, and it increases the likelihood that the Supreme Court will ultimately weigh in. The Waukesha... Christmas parade killer has been sentenced to life in prison without parole. The suspect accused of mowing down 25 L.A. sheriff's recruits on their morning run has been released from jail. Target reports $400 million in looting losses. The new FTX boss condemns Bankman Freed for the complete failure of corporate controls. A Pentagon audit indicates the Afghanistan war was a $145 billion Vietnam failure. And Carrie Lake announced the uh, formation of a legal team and vows to contest the election results. Well, Harvard and Yale law schools ditched U.S. News and World Report's rankings, according to Money Watch. Before pulling out of the rankings, Yale Law School took a hit on a key metric. Yale Law School Dean Heather Gherkin is framing the school's decision to pull out of the U.S. News and World Report law school rankings as an altruistic one, arguing that the profoundly flawed rankings desensitize programs that support public interest careers. Of course, when they were on top, they didn't complain then. But a closer look at those rankings suggests that Yale, which has over the past year been the locus of a fierce debate about free speech and drawn unwanted attention for its response to campus controversies, may have had a selfish reason for dumping, jumping ship. Rather, The elite law school was starting to uh, slip in one of the key indicators that determine a law school's overall ranking. The peer assessment score is a measure of how deans and tenured professors across the country uh, rate a law school's quality on a scale of one to five. Accounting for 25 percent of each school's overall ranking, the metric is the single most important factor in U.S. News and World Report law school rankings and one reason why Yale consistently landed uh, at the top of um, of that list. On this day in history, 1883, the United States and Canada adopt a system of standard time zones. 1916, the World War I Battle of the Somme, uh, pitting British and French forces against German troops, ends inconclusively after four and a half months of bloodshed. 1928, Walt Disney's first sound synchronized animated cartoon, Steamboat Willie, starring Mickey Mouse, premieres in New York City. 1959, Ben-Hur, the biblical era spectacle starring Charlton Heston, has its world premiere in New York City. 1966, U.S. Roman Catholic bishops issue a pastoral statement on penance and abstinence, which tosses the rule against eating meat on Friday outside of Lent. 1978, U.S. Representative Leo Ryan, a Democrat from California, and four others are killed in Jonestown, Guyana, by members of the People's Temple. The killings are followed by a night of mass murder and suicide by more than 900 
uh, cult members. Ryan's aide, Jackie Spear, now a member of Congress herself, survived five gunshot wounds. 1985, the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes, created by Bill Watterson, is first published. 1987, the Congressional Iran-Contra Committee issues their final report, saying President Ronald Reagan bears ultimate responsibility for wrongdoing by his aides. 1991, Shiite Muslim kidnappers in Lebanon free Anglican Church envoy Terry Waite and Thomas Sutherland, the American Dean of Agriculture at the American University of Beirut. 2003, the Massachusetts Supreme Court Judicial Court rules four to three that the state constitution guarantees gay couples the right to marry. 2004, on this day in history, Britain outlaws fox hunting in England and Wales. And finally, on this day in history, 2008, Detroit's big three automakers plead with Congress for a $25 billion lifeline warning of a national economic catastrophe should they collapse. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. When we return, we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. And in the second hour, we'll share this week's Christian Outlook. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our second hour, we'll share this week's Christian Outlook featuring Bob Burney and Dr. Albert Moeller. They'll examine the Respect for Marriage Act recently passed in the Senate, released the preliminary votes. Tim and Kathy Keller on uh, the subject of forgiveness and their book, Forgive, Why Should I and How Can I? And we'll also hear uh, from Craig Evans, editor of the Handbook on the Jewish Roots of the Gospel. That's coming up in the second hour of today's program. Well, in this second half of the first hour of today's program, we like to take a look at the lighter side of the news, beginning with this one. You know, there's been a a lot of uh, discussion about the elections and the outcome and whether or not things are settled. This might be the uh, this might be the answer to all our problems. A council race in Michigan settled, um, well, their dispute with two pieces of paper. Well, the election to fill a city council seat in a Michigan town was settled when they drew two pieces of paper from a bowl. Days after the 616, 616 tie. Well, the new council member in Rogers City, whose paper said elected, will be the next city councilman. Brittany Vanderwall's paper said not elected. There were uh, hugs by the pair on Monday and no hard feelings. I told people either way, Rogers City wins, Vanderwall said before the drawing. Adair said the election day tie meant the northern Michigan town, population 2,800, should be satisfied with both candidates. Now, the people have spoken, and they said uh, either one. Well, Vanderwall is already looking ahead to the next election. Congrats, she told Adair. Uh, Do good work. I'll see you in two years. So there you have it, just a piece of paper that says you're in, you're out. But what are the chances of a 616 tie for these two uh, city council? I guess they're not cabinet, the city council members. Do you remember the old top, the uh, light bright masters of the universe? Well, they've all made it into the Toy Hall of Fame. It's the National Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, they have some new heroes that include uh, an object dating to ancient times a line of muscle-bound action figures, and an iconic art set whose medium is colorful pegs. Well, the Hall on Thursday's um, announcement um, said that Masters of the Universe and Light Bright uh, are this year's inductees. Now, I used to love Light Bright. Well, the trio was chosen from a field of 12 finalists that also included Bingo, Briar Horses, no idea, Caton, no idea, Nerf, the Pinata, 
Phase 10, Pound Puppies, Racco, and Spirograph. I always wanted a Spirograph. Never got one. Well, the Toy Hall of Fame inducts a new class of toys every year in a ceremony at the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, where the hall is housed. Well, the top uh, earned is... uh, Earned a place by being a childhood staple of cultures in Asia, Europe, and the Americas. Australia, according to the hall, which noted that ancient Greek pottery shows people playing with the twirling object more than 2,000 years ago. The top. It's one of the oldest toys and an integral part of many cultures where it developed independently as a plaything. That's what the chief curator says in the news release. With more than 5,000 years of history behind it, it's about time that the top spun its way into the National Toy Hall of Fame. The hall recognizes toys that have inspired creativity and endured over time. Hasbro's Light Bright has maintained its popularity for more than 50 years after being introduced in 1966. Marketed in 1968 as a magic light box, the toy encourages kids to create glowing pictures by pushing the colorful pegs into the illuminated black background. Well, Masters of the Universe grew in popularity in the 1980s when the cartoon series He-Man and Masters of the Universe allowed Mattel to introduce new characters and toys to the line. Hall of Fame experts say a 2021 Netflix series underscored the franchise um, staying power. It's still apparently still around. Well, the team at Mattel understood that kids spend lots of time in fantasy play, or at least they used to, and like the opportunity to project themselves into the role of the hero. And that toy allowed them to do that. Well, the honor comes as Mattel marks the 40th anniversary of the franchise, which includes action figures like He-Man and Skeletor, movies and video games, and uh, much more. We can't think of a better way to commemorate the historic milestone for Masters of the Universe than being inducted in the National Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, They said in a statement. So your favorite toy may or may not be uh, an inductee just yet, but chances are it will be. Meanwhile, speaking of um, of games, Jedi, Spork and Hangry. They're among the 500 new words allowed in Scrabble. Fohawk, a haircut similar to a mohawk, is potentially the highest scoring new word allowed in the classic board game. So if you are a Scrabble player, these are words you can now use. Here's the stitch. Scrabble stands. Your um, convos around the uh, the board are about to get more interesting with about 500 new words and variations added to the game's official dictionary. Stan, sitch, convo, zedonk, docs, fohawk are among them. Uh, out this month, the add-ons in the seventh edition of the official Scrabble Players Dictionary joined more than 100,000 words of two of uh, two to eight letters. The book was uh, last updated in 2018 through a long-standing partnership between Hasbro and Merriam-Webster. The new words include some trademarks gone uh, generic, dumpster for one, uh, some shorthand joy like uh, guac, no idea, and a delicious display of more verb variations, torrented, torrenting, adulted, adulting, um, Added, adding, as in don't to at me, bro. Okay. We also turned verbs into um, a verb, so you can play verbed and verbing. Fohawks, the uh, the haircut, similar to a mohawk, is potentially the highest scoring newbie. Compound words are on the rise in the book with uh, dead name, page view, fintech, um, alleyship, baby moon, Subtweet, 
Uh, so are uns, such as unfollow, unsub, unmute. Uh, they may sound familiar, but they were never Scrabble official, at least when it comes to the uh, sainted um, uh, games branded dictionary. Tournament play is a whole other matter with a broader range of agreed upon words, which I won't go into. But if you are a Scrabble player, you can expect to have more words at your disposal in that 100,000 plus word dictionary. Huh, 500 new words, by the way. Well, the sandals that were once worn by Steve Jobs have been auctioned off for a whopping $218,000. Someone's used sandals, $218,000. Now, it makes me wonder, what will you do with those shoes? Walk a mile in his shoes, expecting to perhaps garner some of his intellect? Well, the Apple founder's well-used brown suede Birkenstocks set a record for the highest price ever paid for a pair of sandals, according to the auction house. Well, the California house where Steve Jobs co-founded Apple is an historic site. And now the uh, sandals he wore while pacing its floors have been sold for, as I mentioned, nearly $220,000, according to an auction house. The well-used brown suede Birkenstocks dating back to the mid-70s set a record for the highest price ever paid for, uh, for shoes. The cork and jute footbed retains the imprint of Steve Jobs' feet which had been shaped after years of use, the auction house said in its listing on the website. The sandals were expected to bring $60,000, but the final sale price with an accompanying FNT uh, was $218,750. The buyer was not named. Well, Jobs and Steve Wozniak co-founded Apple in 1976 at Jobs' parents' house in Los Altos, California. In 2013, the property was named an historic landmark by the Los Angeles Historical Commission. Jobs died in 2011 from complications of pancreatic cancer. $218,000 for a pair of old sandals. Wow. That's a, definitely a first-world Idea. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll continue to look at the lighter side of the news and in the second hour, The Christian Outlook. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, facial hair fanatics claim that they've set a world record for the largest beard chain. Well, beard buffs gathered at a Casper, Wyoming bar to create a hairy chain that was measured at 150 feet long. Okay, how do you do that? Well, this was on Friday. Participants gathered at the Gaslight Social Club where they stood side by side and clipped their beards together to create a hairy chain that was measured at 150 feet long, according to the newspaper. That's more than double the Guinness World Record of 62 feet, 6 inches, set in Germany in 2007. Now, that uh, that's quite an accomplishment, I guess. To participate, people needed to um, sport a beard at least eight inches long, according to the Star Tribune. The event occurred on the sidelines of the National Beard and Mustache Championships, which took place Saturday at the city's Ford Wyoming Center. Championships for growing facial hair. Well, there you go. Well, the fast food chain um, uh, in Germany, KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, has apologized for using Kristallnacht to promote cheesy chicken in Germany. I'm not sure who in the marketing department thought for a moment 
that those two things went together. Well, the KFC fast food chain in Germany issued an apology on Wednesday after it sent an app alert suggesting customers commemorate the anniversary of the Nazi-led attack on Jews by eating cheesy chicken. The chain's German division sent a message that follows that followers on the app that read, it's Memorial Day for Kristallnacht. Treat yourself with more tender cheese and your crispy chicken. Now at KFC Cheese. Not surprisingly, lots of people found the promotion to be, well, tasteless. Kristallnacht, or Night of Broken Glass, is considered the start of the Holocaust. The two-night rampage, it was November 9th and 10th, led to the destruction of 267 synagogues, thousands of other Jewish-owned businesses in Nazi Germany, as well as the deaths of 90 Jewish people and the arrest of thousands of others. It was the start of the Holocaust. Now, how someone in the marketing department thought that equated to cheesy chicken, I can't figure out. Well, Germany takes the Kristallnacht anniversary very seriously, as it should, according to the BBC, with numerous memorial events reflecting the Nazis' uh, a murder of more than six million Jewish people. About an hour after the alert, KFC issued a follow-up on the app that blamed the tasteless promotion on an error in our system. Hmm. We're very sorry. We will check our internal processing immediately so that this does not happen again. Please excuse this error. Well, KFC Germany issued a statement to the Jerusalem Post on Thursday that um, went into more detail. The company said it uses a semi-automated content creation process linked to calendars that include national observances. The usual review process, the company said, was not properly followed and that resulted in a non-approved notification being shared. Well, that makes sense. It was an automated message. The company called the mistake obviously wrong, insensitive, and unacceptable. We understand and respect the gravity and the history of this day and remain committed to um, equity, inclusion, and belonging for all, end quote. Well, considering that the alert came as anti-Semitism is on the rise, is uh, it's no wonder that chicken chains advertising left a bad taste in the mouths of Many, most of whom didn't have chicken that day for reasons I've already explained. Well, if you've ever lost a dog, you might want to listen to this story. This missing dog walked into a police station, curled up like she was just waiting for help. The dog was lost. Rosie is a border collie. She was quickly reunited with her owner after strolling inside exactly the right place in the Loughborough, England. Well, Rosie, the missing border collie, was quickly reunited with her owners after she walked into a police station on her um, on her own steam. Surveillance footage shared by police uh, this week showed the lost pup triggering the automatic door, strolling inside, sniffing around the reception area. She then curled up in a corner. Officers found her owner's contact number on her collar and she was on her way back home soon. What a lovely, clever dog, the police said. So while you're trying to get Fido to sit and stand and bark and all of those things, you might want to train the dog to make his or her way to the police office. Well, there you go. Well, let's see here. Security officers at a South Florida airport have reported finding a handgun hidden inside a raw chicken packed in a traveler's luggage. First of all, who packs a raw chicken in their luggage? And I guess the next question, who would pack a gun inside a raw chicken inside one's luggage? 
Well, the Transportation Security Administration posted photos of the gun and the poultry on Monday on its official Instagram account. The weapon was recovered by the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. The post didn't identify the traveler who was transporting the weapon or whether any arrests were made. According to the TSA, fresh meat, seafood and other non-liquid food items are permitted in both carry-on and check bags as long as they're uh, packed in ice. Unloaded firearms are allowed to be transported in checked bags, but they have to be declared at the ticket counter and packed in a locked, hard-sided container. And a uh, raw chicken does not qualify as a locked, hard-sided container. An online post about a newlywed in China who was uh, uh, rung up by her local government asking if she was expecting garnered tens of thousands of comments on Thursday before being removed with many um, uh, netizens, as they're called, saying that they were had experienced similar calls from the uh, government. The debate comes on the heels of President Xi Jinping declaring at the Communist Party's 20th anniversary, their Congress, last week that China would establish a policy to boost birth rates and improve the country's population development strategy. Now, this after years of the one-child policy that has left an imbalance in the population. In the post um, on Weibo, the Twitter-like service, a user named Lost Shubao, described a colleague's experience in which the colleague answered a call from the city government, the Women's Health Service. Well, the Post quoted the colleague as saying she was told by an official that the local government wants newlyweds to be pregnant within a year and that their target is to make a phone call every quarter to encourage said expectation. Well, the Nanjing Municipal Government and the National Health Commission didn't immediately respond to questions about this policy, But the uh, post was taken down a few hours after it was uh, posted, along with all the comments. Apparently, it was unflattering to the Chinese government. Having imposed a one-child policy from 1980 to 2015, China has acknowledged its population is on the brink of shrinking, a potential crisis that will uh, test its ability to pay for and care for its elderly. New births are set to drop below 10 million from last year's 10.6 million, a decline that uh, will follow an 11.5% slide in 2020. More recently, China uncompromising zero COVID policy of uh, 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 prompting um, people to stay apart from one another has also had an impact on the birth rate. So, you know, Chuck Schumer just yesterday was complaining that we needed to uh, increase the birth rate here in the United States, not by having children, but by importing them. Um, He might want to consider, you know, the government making phone calls, maybe, um, Abortion clinics could do fewer of them, but nonetheless, some experts and activists are also concerned by the government's ramping up uh, its rhetoric about the value of women's traditional roles and setbacks to women's rights, such as new policies which discourage abortions that are not medically necessary. So in China, things are looking a bit different. That's, the, of course, the Chinese government. Millions of babies are born and named in the United States every year, but certain names or naming conventions are reportedly banned by state governments. Tesla CEO Elon Musk and singer Grimes reportedly learned this fact in 2020 when they tried to name their firstborn XAEA-12 in the state of California. The pair modified the names numeric 12 to the Roman numeral 12, which is acceptable and in accordance with the California state law. XAEA 12. 
Other name guidelines the Golden State enforces include restricting names to 26 characters in the English alphabet and a ban on pictographs, emojis, and obscene or derogatory names, according to The Bump, a parenting news website. So why do states get to say in uh, get a say in uh, citizens' baby names? Well, I think Elon Musk's example probably tells you why. They have some interest in the life and future of the child. But the reason is that birth certificate issuance falls under the state jurisdiction. A detail that's noted, um, the official online official guide to government information and services online. Well, here are five states in America that are said to have name restrictions, among them Georgia. Now, in the state of Georgia, only they only prohibit symbols, including uh, accents and baby names, according to uh, their records. And in New York, they have a similar restriction. Ohio, Texas, Virginia. I'd love to go over them with you, but according to my um, engineer, we're out of time. So we'll take a break. Coming up in the next hour, this week's Christian Outlook. Maybe we'll revisit this um, baby name prohibitions as well as the most popular names for 2022 on another Friday program. News and traffic up next. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ.